good to see everyone, at least most of everyone. You could turn to John 21 if you'd like to, or you can just listen. I will say I've been both uh, challenged and blessed, stirred up and blessed by the recent discussions. I want to just touch on one point that the Lord's been after with me, and before I move on, this is in verse 18 of John 21, after Peter has his discussion with the Lord and he asks him if he loves him. And then he closes out with this and he says, Most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and take you where you would not. I woke up to the realization a couple of weeks ago in the middle of a situation that I realized the Lord was asking me if I was willing to go where I would not. Very simply, was I willing to go where I would not? Uh, It was a personal, it was a personal question and there wasn't anybody to blame but myself (laughs) for, for where I was at. But it's uh, both young and old, I think um, we're at a place where we have to realize that the Lord is uh, going to have a people who are really aware of the fact that they don't know the way to take. And that as we've heard over and over again, today, Wednesday morning, this week, whatever, uh, what is... Uh, on point for me is whether I'm willing to be taken in a way that I wouldn't go on my own. If I'm willing to offer myself to be taken that way. You know, if you don't trust the one that's taking you whatever way you're going, then you're not going to go that way. I was telling a story the day of us on the island. We had steers when I was a kid. We had steers and we had named them, uh, I think, Larry, George, and Al because that's where they came from. And that got us into some problems because one day they were being recalcitrant. We'd have to kind of get them out of the out of the property once in a while with trucks. And and uh, as everybody knows, Jack came on the CB and said, "Well, Larry's not cooperating. We're going to have to shoot him." And somebody <clears throat> somebody in town, I think it was uh, Doobie, was monitoring our calls because he was he had to have been really bored. But we did have some exciting calls back then. Probably pretty exciting to listen to some of the things that are going on. I mean. It was probably like one of those reality, now that I think about it, if one of those reality TV shows that was really happening with a group of people in Alaska. If they only could have filmed it, that would have been a lot of money, come to think of it. But anyway, we had the, on Channel 19, we made the call to shoot Larry that day. Um, but previous to that, they got onto the island, which for Ben and I and the kids was a great bit of fun because all the schedules stopped and you had to chase this cow around, and if you got lucky, he would eat the turnips before he was chased off, because we didn't like the turnips, but. Anyway, the ladies got him tied to the post by the 
Remember the clothesline outside there at the Island House? They got the steer tied out there, and I was supposed to be <laughs> taking a nap. It was the best thing ever, I remember. And uh, tragedy as a kid is terrific, right? Because everything gets messed up. As an adult, gosh, it just means money. It's so, I hate tragedy now. But as a kid, whenever the bridge went out or the slough washed out or anything that happened, it was the best day ever. It was just, I was a kid. We were, it was a new adventure, right? School was messed up, meals were messed up, naps were messed up. Things were going, you know, breaking and going underwater. Anyway, all the things that cost money now, you know, and I realized why they weren't so fun for Ron and my dad and everybody else and, and uh, for the bill. Anyway, this, this, we couldn't get this cow across the river, and so Ron decided to drive the brown truck across the slough, which was kind of pretty deep, but back then that was, we just had to do what we had to do because the garden was going to be eaten. So he came roaring across, and we tied the steer to the ball of the truck, Kind of like we did with the cows, you know, we brought them over this, with this, you know, pulling with a skitter. And it went pretty well until it got to the river. And we're all down there. We were just having a great time throwing rocks at it. I think maybe the ladies were praying, but we weren't praying. We were just having a good time. But my dad was in the back of the truck. Ron was driving. And it, you know, kept resisting. You'll get the point of the story here in a minute. But we got to the middle of the river, and it just locked up, you know, and it's being pulled by a halter by the truck. And my dad you know, banging on the door, whoa, you know, because, and Ron thought he said go, and so Ron just floored it, and uh, <clears throat> this cow just, you know, locked up and just slowly went over and under the water, and is being pulled, Ron just giving her for all he's worth, dragging this, now the cow's pretty much beside the top of his belly, all disappeared, my dad's beating on the door, Ron's driving faster and faster, and they get to the other side, and the cow comes up, and just a big bloated cow is laying there on the beach, you know, we all get in the pole boat and run across, everybody from the shop runs down and we're just staring at this cow that is not our own and we prayed for it and it started to cough and it came back to life so Larry lived another day that wasn't the day we shot him anyway uh, I thought of that image because you know I wouldn't I wouldn't think of myself as being the you know God doesn't do that to us right um, he, he has different methods uh, thankfully um, but I find myself in situations where I can just kind of, I realize, if I zoom up, I realize the Lord's trying to take me to a better country and I've got, you know, nope, I like the little garden over here, I like what's been happening, I'm going to lock up, I'm just going to lock up and see if I can stop this train from moving forward, I wanted to go this way. Um, there's no area of my life that shouldn't be subject to the Lord being able to direct it where He wants to take it, none. Whatever you think about the sanctity of your own life, the fact is God is a dictator. That's, you know, we were talking about socialism and, and uh, you know, communism. And I was laughing at Dan because <laughs> Dan said it's even worse. He's a dictator. It's God's way, as we always know, or God's way or the highway. But the fact is he doesn't just beat us or drag us. You know, he's offering us a life that is so much greater than our own. And he takes in his own way. There's only God knows the things that he's going to put us through, the rivers he's going to present that are in our way, the, the gardens that we have feasted in that we think are great that he allows for a time, the, uh, the surroundings, the uh, culture, the, whatever it is, uh, he provides those. And then he, he's after growth all the time. And so he is going to move us along. And... There has to be what I have to grow up into is a realizing that over and over and over again, Lord, today I sense you're taking me somewhere 
that I would not go. This is, I, would not be, I would not be changing anything. I would not have this happen. You're taking me in a way that I would not. And it's just like the Lord's been asking, Gabe, are you really, are you okay with being taken in a way you would not? It, and it doesn't even say that you're okay to be drugged that way. It says you'll stretch forth your hands and another will gird you. You know, that's, that's realizing ahead of time that I have taken myself in some ways that haven't brought life in my life. Lord, the only places as I look back that have brought life are the places that I've yielded to your direction. And the fact is, if I look back at my life, the places of growth, every, almost every one of them, they're all things that I wouldn't have done. There are things that I would have said, no, thank you. I will not. So the two toughest years of my life that I had for sure was forced to grow the most were the worst years of my life. And I had, I, I had a great time. I'm just saying, going to East Sullivan when I was 13, toughest time ever. And that was just awful. And, and great things happened. I went to England for nine months, and it was just, it was the darkest time of my life. And I had walking around this little street in St. Ives over and over and over again, Getting no answers, seemingly, just, just asking. Growth. That's what happened. What happened each day? Ah, it was a struggle. It was just schoolwork. It was, you know, this doesn't make sense. Strange things were happening. I'm, uh, this wasn't at all what it was supposed to be. No, it was exactly what the Lord wanted from me. Um, how does it look? It always looks so different. But everything matters so much. I think there's purpose in everything. You know, there's, we're in the middle of this discussion. Did it, you know, did it come about perfectly? No, no, it didn't come about perfectly. Does, does God allow the imperfect to stir up and move around? Boy, yes, he does. God does not, he's patient. He doesn't, God doesn't stress out like I do. I like things to be fixed by, by noon. Can we just get everything fixed by noon and just move forward so that we can, you know, I'll be on the same page and just let's call it a good day. <laughs> and uh, God doesn't mind letting things hang out. If he's after something, he's not going to let it get fixed till it's fixed. Right. right. I like to, you know, what are, just like, can we be done being in the corner now? Can I, you know, can I get up now? Can we move on? No, you don't have the message. You can sit there a little bit longer. That's, you know, I feel that the Lord does that with us to say in his mercy, you know what I want? I want your heart. That's what I'm after. I'm after your heart. Totally off my notes here. But the fact is that God is making me aware of just of a need uh, to be very aware of his work in my life. And it isn't all great removed things. There are some very practical things. I've had, I've had some really good personal discussions with people. Um, and it's funny because we all have different convictions and that's the Lord made it that way. There's things that you feel very strongly convicted about that the next person has a conviction about something else, you know, and, and it means more to them. We're all here in this family. It's no, I'm not aware of, I said this the other day. I'm not aware really of anybody else that's, that's still trying to do what we're doing as a family here and God's stirring the pot. As I told brother Bill, we're, we're on a theme of the help of God and, and not the thumb of God. You know, I said, if I would have woke up, I think I told him in June, if I would have come to this opening when I was 13, I would have thought you had gone off of your rocker. Tell Brother Bill that. I remember sitting on the steps for a lot of family meetings when we were discussing things, you know, and I think those were for a purpose, actually. I have no, I'm thankful for the, 
the stuff we had, there were some silly things. I was laughing the day, you know, we had, I had someone come live with me from SAPA, from, you know, a great family down there, but there some troubles in their house, and it was, it was order to the Lord for them to come live with me in, in my room, and, and my dad was covering them, but, you know, he's saying they, they a month ago, they, they took our bikes away, and I, and uh, I was laughing at that, because I was like, and he, I said, so why did they take your bikes away? Well, because you could run away faster, and I remember thinking, I've been to SAPA, and the highway's like, 30 yards from the house. I, anyway, it didn't make much sense to me. But, you know, there, so there's a lot of extreme things going on. How, you know, how did it all come together? Well, there was a lot of, you know, the Lord was dealing with the tricky people, so he had to be a tricky God. But the Lord is looking to see now what is in my heart. And we've had a lot of discussions on liberty. What is the purpose of liberty? If, if liberty is for license, then it's being taken the wrong way. But the Lord does want to know what's in my heart, not what can I what can I read on the paper? But what is actually mine? We had some talks with the kids, you know, we're there in Florida on the beach. And, uh, you know, we had Justin's gone, but we set up we set up a watch for Justin on the beach just to we had the NVW's non virtuous women roaming around. So uh, we would just send out a call occasionally. There was some uh, <clears throat> some Instagrammers <clears throat> nearby that were uh, they're busy doing a lot of blogging. <clears throat> and they weren't aware of the dress code. Um, anyway, so we just set up a line of umbrellas there just to stay on, on our side of the beach. Um, anyway, you know, so we had some good discussions because we're just there at the beach. No one else is around, but I was, you know, the Lord was still around. You know, I was like, the Lord is it's Tuesday. You know, we got four days here. This is really, it was a really neat time together. But there was a lot of people on the beach that weren't maybe aware of the work of God in their life at that moment. Um, and we actually ran into some families that were very aware. God's people are everywhere, by the way. I know you all know that. But we ran into some people that were very aware of the work of the Lord. And I don't know that my children appreciated me talking to them so much. But I did do a lot of talking to them um, before I was called back. Um, met, some, met some neat people. God's people are all over the earth. But, uh, you know, and you find it's interesting. I just talked to a couple people there in the sand that had been through some horrible things. And, you know, you realize affliction is, is everywhere. Suffering is global. Suffering is everywhere. Whether you like God or not, suffering is all over the world. Horrible things happening. And, and what, what is affliction versus suffering? To me, this is not the Webster's, but affliction is when you're aware that God is the one at work in your life. There's people in suffering, horrible things, that are just getting more bitter and are fighting it and are, are under, you know, Taliban or tribal rule across the world, but there's really tough, you know, cancer and and uh, all these things um, in people's lives, um, and people just desperate to talk with someone else. You know, you could just you can tell when someone has a, a relationship with the Lord. Um, but my point is that I was thinking, uh, you know, there's never a time when I'm not aware of what the Lord is looking for from me. The standard of the Lord for my life, it's here in Alaska. It's on the beach in Longboat Key. The standard of the Lord in my life, is it always the same? No, I told the kids to be practical. You know, we can listen to some fun songs. What is the rule about those songs? Do I hear preaching about rock and watching things from here? Not as much, no. Does it mean that God cares any less about those things? Not at all. Not at all. God is, God's standard is growing. Am I, do we have to be conscripted to a thing? No, we're at liberty. Do I take seven days and just play country music or rock music and not have it affect my soul? Heck no. 
That's just the facts of life. My soul, left to its own, would take away that is not in accordance with life. Does that make sense? My soul, just left to feed where it would want, is going to go down a path of death. Everything matters. No matter what we agree on here in the coming weeks, and I know that in the end we're going to come out with something that it's not all detailed, but we're going to be agreed together. We're going to, we're going to walk on together. I'll say that. And the Lord is going to continue to be at work in our hearts. But everything still matters. There's not a regulation about how many hours you can watch this and that. But you know, if you spend your evenings, someone mentioned this the other night on shows and tell my kids this, you know, living there, there's not going to be spiritual growth happening in my life if that's where I'm at. Is it being driven home like Emerson used to drive at home? You know, I remember him saying it took a week at Service Master to listen to rock music because he was talking with a bunch of us, John, Jacob, and myself. And he came home and he didn't write a song for like a month after that because those songs were just rolling around in his head. These are just principles of what you're feeding on. The standard of God, what he's looking for in my heart, it's constantly going higher. God isn't, God isn't adjusting into any sort of realm of tolerance. Does that make sense? God is moving in a realm of liberty like he hasn't. Here on this farm, there's a realm of liberty. Why is it? He wants to know what's, what's yours. What do, what do you believe? What is, Gabe, what are you going to go talk to your kids about? What are you going to talk to your friends about? And I've said this to my kids, some of my closest friends. Do we break down the door and, and bust into confrontation just like we used to? No, no, we don't. I'd have to say we don't. Um, am I thankful for those that do? I, I am, you know, but I, I know for myself, um, and I said this the other day, if I take enough porcupine quills, you know, uh, enough occasions, I kind of I back off. You know, okay, this is not an invitation, to, you know. Is that good? I don't know, you know. I think... I think um, Someone said this, we want to be careful to be, to invite uh, pouring into each other's lives. That's, that's, if I think about Whitestone that I'm the most thankful for, and you know what that is? That's accountability. What do we have um, that is the most special that I'd say here as a family? That is the most unusual again God's at work everywhere I'll tell you some more stories but the accountability that we have to each other is a really neat thing here it's I don't know I'm not aware of anywhere else where we have this sort of accountability if let me say it this way if I was to end up let's go to France or somewhere you know Peru I don't care pick a spot and I ran into all of you people there that, that I found this vision in and I didn't know you and I, and I found you people there, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know? I mean, you know, we're here to, together all the time sharing a vision with people of like mind, right? It's easy to just, you know, assume on that. But if I ran into, you know, Becky and Amaris and Annette and Karen and Dave Brooks somewhere else, I'd be like, let's start a farm together. This, you know, this is incredible. When you think about the work of the Lord in people's lives, and so as we have to talk details, we, we will talk details, I know, but when I, when I step back and I think, Lord, what are you after in my heart in all this? I know the Lord is raising the bar on accountability. This is what, when you, if you've been listening to John Cheever, who was, he's him, he said he would, 
He was out doing nothing, you know, and Brother Bill kind of pounded in on him. And he realized, what do I need in my life? Why am I here doing this? Because I know that I need accountability in my life. That's a good thing. That's all through the word is accountability. I could go. I know if the Lord sent me somewhere, I, I would have considered myself Mr. Whitestone. You guys know me. I'm conservative. I'd be on the far right of the graph. The needle would go that way. I would have not changed anything. All the meals would be together. This is just left to myself. And the Lord has had to stir that pot. Heck, I got married in Florida. You want to throw some wild things in there? I wasn't going to get married, you know. I'll get married on the bluff. Whatever is the most Whitestone thing, I'm going to do it, you know. I'll take it to the farthest limit, you know. Whatever. And the Lord is, the Lord is after me to realize. This is too good. Well, can, can we continue tonight? Really? Because this, this is kind of a, the Holy Spirit. No, seriously. I just wanted him to say something. Because you, you uh, studied in England over a great saint uh, who was a part of a history that very few people know anything about. And we didn't tape it. But I want you to cut, just say a few things about that. Uh, St. Augustine, or which one? No, no, about uh, Gina. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and cheat on her two minutes of it, but uh, thank you. Um, okay, <laughs> Regina, yeah. So, I, yeah, both Regina and Pat have passed away, as you as you all know. Um, I was, I would say that I was very blessed by by Miss Gina, as uh, for those of you that were. Where it was going all the time, just a very dear lady, very very smart lady, but um, you know, amazing lawyer. She was just, I, I think, if I was to say what meant the most to me of her life, she was actually a very quiet lady, um, you know, very humble, but uh, just uh, just had a heart for the Lord. Just a really dear lady. I mean, really, she, uh, she wouldn't even. She, we finally got a class out of her about halfway through the year, but. She went through just some horrific things, threats on her life uh, over here. That's part of why they moved over there. But I don't know what you want me to get into well, specifically. This guy broke into her house. Yeah. For yeah. one thing, because she was in a political position that they didn't like. So she left town and she never wanted to come back. Yeah. She no, she had, as I said, uh, a couple of headhunters after her, but just a dear lady that just, uh, I really, I really was blessed by her. Uh, she, I, I guess the best thing that I could say is that amidst all the politics and all the law school that she did, incredible lady, she, she just was kind of a humble servant. Um, and, you know, I don't know, we, we appreciate the class we took from her, but yeah, the Millers were dear. Anyway, my, my point in this is that I, I hope that our, I hope we're aware that God's after our hearts and no matter what the script looks like, um, you know, it's easy to throw out the, you know, the baby with the bathwater. I just have been, I've been overwhelmed when I consider on, an, on a personal and individual level what the Lord has done. If I take a selection of people through here and I think, what is the Lord doing in their lives? Um, I'm just, it's humbling to, to realize some really tough things are happening. You know, we were, we were listening the other day to some people that shared their hearts. A lot of us are in personal. They're not just, you know... Uh, social, realistic things. We're in personal struggle that we're in. And sometimes the Lord doesn't, He lets you stay in those things. I, I appreciate what Joyce said, you know, going through hell. You know, I appreciate what Patrick shared. It's like 
Um, we do, we, sometimes we're just there to stand beside each other in those times. There's nothing you can say. There's no magic that can be done. You know, down there, Rick broke his neck. This is where I start. And I'm thinking to myself, are you for real? We're about to fly out. He, you know, he literally just, just standing there and those, I could realize this is what I've been thinking about. And then I come back five, we've been, things have been going fine. We're literally going to pack up. Lord, what are you thinking? We're, you know, I got to get home. You know, Megan, we're just, we have about 10 minutes to make some decisions. And I'm like, what, where did this come from? Right? This is ridiculous. I mean, it's not, he literally just broke his neck. He's sitting here and it's just like, I'm looking at him. We're getting ice. And I'm like, this isn't happening. This is not happening. I got to get on a plane tomorrow. Let's rewind and press restart and not jump off the dock like that ever again. What is God doing? Doesn't he know that I've got, I'm, you know, we've already been down here working, trying to get, now he's going to break his neck. You know, it's like, it was like his best friend just died two days ago. He's, he's trying to help him out. It's like, the Lord loves Rick. Why is a broken neck on the table for Rick still and the rest of us? I don't know. I think it's a crazy idea. But the Lord obviously has a higher plan <laughs> going on. It's a path I would not have taken. And it was like, I'm just telling you in a practical way, God is after us. You know, we sat there and realized we're going to have to cancel. No, we're not going to cancel a ticket. Yeah, we're going to have to do something because it's all right, Megan, you're going to stay here. No, I don't want to stay here. That's the last thing I want to do. Well, you're going to have to stay here. Yes, I guess I am. Well, pull up your pants because what we're in, what we're in business of doing is being taken in a way we would not. Did the Lord do good things? Yes, he did. Uh, you know, was it suffering? Was it agonizing? Yes. God is still in charge. And if you can hold on, I had some other stories, but the point is, don't check out in the middle of the program. Okay. Good evening. Good to be together. Such a beautiful day. Soak all these up that we can. Try to get all hot and sweaty so you'll remember when it's 40 below. We were unbearably hot. Yes. That one time. Okay. All right. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that gathers us and teaches us in the midst. We ask that we'd uh, worship you, Lord, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get it.
you that we're here at breakfast, I'm back. <laughs> it's as though the day never happened. <clears throat> I was thinking during worship, uh, thinking about the things that God is after the heart. I was thinking that... Uh, I've never come to the gathering, I don't think ever once, that I have uh, given the Lord my heart, come in faith, and not had the Lord meet me. I've come to the gathering and not, and had the job in my head, or been frustrated with something of the day, or wished that a different song was sung, and not gotten a blessing, but I've never missed a blessing when I've had my heart Uh, just ready to receive. The Lord has never, never disappointed. I hope you found that to be the case. That was just a side note, but there's always blessing. I might not be very long. I think I gave you most of what I got this morning, but I'll hit a couple of of exciting points as well. For those that were not here, we could look at John 21, and I'll uh, just... uh, Capture the essence, hopefully, of what where the Lord has had me. And I read this this morning. This is in John 21, verse 18. And this was really Jesus parting, parting conversation with Peter. <clears throat> And it says, most assuredly, I say unto you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish. But when you are old, you shall stretch forth your hands and another shall gird you and carry you where you would not. And then he spake this signifying what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said, follow me. Anyway, if you read on, Peter didn't really get what the Lord was after right there. He goes on and he said, you know, Lord, who's the one that's going to portray you? He hadn't really. The Lord, the Lord knew what was going to come for Peter. And Peter. uh, Boy, hit some tough stuff, but Peter didn't quit. I think it was Lewis. Was it Lewis that shared a couple months ago about the fact that when Peter heard that it was the Lord on the beach, you know, they're fishing. And it's amazing how long it took them all to realize, you know, he asked the same questions that he did the previous time when they were in the boat and they weren't doing very well, fished all night. Another guy, you'd think that they would remember this has happened before. But John says, hey, I think I recognize that this is the Lord. And Peter jumps in, right? This is after he's betrayed the Lord. The Lord didn't quit on Peter. And I think my point is that um, the Lord is looking for a people who are willing to be taken in places and in ways that they would not go. That's what the Lord has been making real to me, is that I don't know the way to take and I don't know what's coming. I think he certainly showed all of us that, that we have no idea what lies ahead. You can look back at the last few years and realize we have no idea what lies ahead. And the Lord is really looking for a people that are doing that. It's, uh, I mentioned this morning as well that um, 
you know, suffering is a global, a global issue. It's not just to us, but the people of God do suffer affliction right before uh, we've been discussing standards. I'm not really, I didn't arrive in my proper standard dress tonight because we were late meeting with a, a church group at Clearwater. Um, and the snow load this year nearly crushed the roof. It thankfully didn't fall in totally, but it really came close to it. And it's a, it's, you know, it's a big problem for them. If our tabernacle, you know, was, is just sitting there talking to them, it's just, you can tell it's, it's, they would be rather not having to discuss taking the roof off their church and rebuilding their church. You know, this would it'd be a big deal if we had to take the roof off this tabernacle and put a new roof on. It's nothing that you want to do. The roof is the last thing you want to mess with. But it's, you know, the Lord loves those people. There's, there's affliction is happening all around us. Um, you know, I talked to a couple people in the airport that facing cancer and, and um, you know, longing to talk with someone. And a couple of them, it was, a, it was apparent that they had a relationship with the Lord. And my Lord, going through something like that without having a relationship with the Lord, that's what you call, you know, real poverty, uh, you know, being in hell. But there's people facing those situations all along. But... As I shared this morning, just over and over again the last few months, the Lord has been asking, really searching my heart to reveal to me the fact that I need to find myself in a place where I'm reaching forth my hands to say, I'm willing to be taken in a way that I would not. <clears throat> and the Lord is the only one that knows that. And the Lord is the only one that can arrange situations to be brought about in my life that um, reveal to me the situations that occur in my life re- need to reveal to me where my heart is at. And, and I'm thankful for that. But I was also sharing that, uh, what are we doing here? I, I was up this morning and just, I was thinking about what are we doing together and what really matters? And, and as I said this morning, there's an accountability. Uh, if you boil down one of the most significant differences, and I think this is some of what we've been discussing recently, we appreciate this. There's an accountability that we have together that is really precious. It doesn't, it's not happening everywhere. It's, it's, and the right to speak into each other's lives is precious. And I think, you know, I was, some of the things that were shared the other night, I was convicted, I hope all of us were. I was, I was challenged, convicted, encouraged, but um, you know, there's, there's areas that the Lord is making sure that don't just take over in our life that, so that he reminds me of what my real purpose is. It's not okay. Someone mentioned work when I don't remember who it was, but um, you know, I was thinking that I, you know, if most of my relating to someone is about work, we have to go to work. But thank the Lord, He's blessed us. But um, if it's just about work, it's not okay. And I would want somebody to say, you know, hey, the thing that you're talking about all the time is work. You know, that's that's not what we're here for. It work. We have to keep being responsible. There are times that we are, and the Lord has blessed us. We're able to hire some more people and and manage that. You know, I'm. I'm thankful. Aaron Seeger is one guy that I'm thankful is here more than he used to be. You know, it's, it's, I enjoy having him around, you know. We have, we have some situations right now. We have, you know, Nathan's working some stuff. Fabian's working some stuff up at Wainwright where we have some, some situations that, are, that take direct involvement and they're hard. But um, what isn't okay personally for me is if when I go to get before the Lord, if work runs through... I was telling Ben Sunday morning, I got up and I usually have a little quiet time and I opened my Bible and I remembered something that I had to do for work. And I even remembered thinking I should not stop and do that right now. 
But half an hour later, I was still at my computer writing an email, and then it was like breakfast was coming. Am I gonna go to hell? No, but I missed a time. This is me, this is what God has for me. I, I needed to send that email. It was not, I wasn't, you know, ordering daisies, but it was like, no, I should have said no right then. You know, I'm trying to say no to, you know, more calls. Megan does not like me taking calls at the table. So we're not doing that very much unless it's a critical bleeding issue. It's good. This is called accountability, right? Right, we're, our mate is who we're most accountable to. They see you all the time. It's, it's a good thing. I appreciate someone speaking in my life. I'm only taking important calls now. <clears throat> um, but these are things that the Lord is making clear to us on a personal level. They're, they're so individual. And I was looking around during service. I was thinking, you know, of the, some of the little girls and boys we have here. I think Madison Kier were over here. And I was just thinking about the intensity of some of these kids that are coming up. And they think that we're going somewhere, you know. And we need to be going somewhere. Um, and where is it that we're going? We're really going somewhere on a spiritual level. And we're, we're here going somewhere together as a family as well. There's a very practical way in which we're, go we're going forward. We're in a different time than we were, but I need to be going somewhere. My kids are gonna know if I'm not actually going somewhere. I can say whatever I want to, but they're gonna know if I'm actually going somewhere or not. I was sharing this morning that we found ourselves on the beach of, of Long Beach for four, uh, Longboat Key for four days, which was great. Uh, you know, it's neat to experience different things. It's, the water was actually too warm, if you can imagine. But um, we were there, and I was just, you know, I was telling the kids, we're here, we're on vacation, but I just want you to know that something may happen where God intrudes upon our vacation. I mean, he knows that it's a big deal. The time is carved out. This is, should just be time for us, but... We may run into some things where God is gonna do something on vacation that we're not, that wasn't in line with. And it was really neat how I talked to a couple people, some things came together that, um, you know, you just see how things happen even there on the beach. Some things that we made decisions about, just people I talked to um, that gave us, you know, that had been there, um, where the Lord, it just, the Lord directs you in little ways. But some things came up on that trip that I would not have, I did not expect. You know, I shared this morning about Rick, you know, actually breaking his neck and, and literally not just standing there, looking at him and realizing this is what is on my plate right now. This is what's on Megan's plate right now. It was just so sobering. And you realize that the Lord doesn't make mistakes. He's allowed this to take place right now. We don't find ourselves in places that the Lord hasn't allowed. What you do want to do is say, Lord, what is your purpose in this? Or you just miss it. That's just called suffering. If you just keep pushing through without getting what the Lord is after, that's just called suffering. That's like me talking about the steer that I said this morning, putting my legs out, locking up and being drugged through the river again. That's just suffering. I don't get what the Lord has for me. But there's purpose. I think Megan told me after opening that, that her dad told her that it was worth the time together to break his neck, which is extreme. But it really, for him, he had some really... Really bad days and nights, um, and but um, he kept a pretty good spirit through it all. But Rick has had COVID shut his business down, and it just went. You know, it's a travel business; it shut it down. He had, as you know, his sister and wife died two months apart from each other. He's had just some tough things happen with with Heather's situation. It's like the Lord is just stacking it up. I said, Dad, the Lord must really love you. This is the night that he's about to leave in the ambulance. You know. Um, you must believe that the things that are coming are ordered of God. 
If you don't, bitterness, as far as I can tell, is kind of the only option. If you don't believe the things that are coming in order of God, they're tough things. I was thinking, looking around tonight, and they're just the personal things that we're going through that really no one can fix. They're really tough things that we have to walk through. They're hard. There's some hard relationship things that we have to walk through. There's, in the middle of that, maybe, maybe what you can do is just stand by. And that makes a big difference. There's, you know, what can I say to Kathy? Kathy said her countenance has been fantastic. Holy mackerel. I love it. I sat beside her just the other night to hold her hand. And I was thinking, something is going on that none of us were in charge of. That is ordered of God. That is above all of us. That seems a little crazy. You know, seems a little beyond. Seems a little... Unnecessary to me, if you ask me, you know. Does it seem a little unnecessary what Julian's going through? Does it, it seems, is really, does it have to be that, you know? But when you look through, so this morning I was just sitting there thinking about what God does to his people, some crazy things. It just really does some, you know, Elijah, really the people that God cares about the most, he just took them through the toughest things, really hard things. And you know what's even more interesting? Some of them, at the very end of their life, had to go through some of the hardest things. It wasn't like they just went through the tough times at the beginning, and they grew up into maturity, and then it was smooth sailing. The Lord was interested in growing them and growing them and growing them further and further. He's, for the people that He cares for, He's going to be messing with your business, as far as I can tell, right to the very end. Get used to a God that's going to be messing with you right to the very end. And that is... Easy to say, but it, but it, really, it really does mean that. Um, I was thinking of um, our standards, and, and we've been talking about that. And I was thinking about, you know, what, <clears throat> what matters? Because as a, as a kid, as a teenager, I might have a couple. It, you know, it matters. Well, what, what is the matter with this, right? You know, you, I, remember, I remember asking some of those questions, you know. And, um, and the entire Bible really was wit- written... It says, for our example. And the point being is, it would be best if you didn't have to repeat the things that people did wrong. We know the Lord can recover. That's what he's in the business of doing. That's what we've established. Lord is, is redemption is what he's on board with. But it would not be good to, to do all the things that people did and tried and have to learn those lessons personally. It'd be a rough life if you did all that. This is written for our example. It would be good for me to read through what the Israelites did, and I can identify the older that I get. As a kid, I thought these people are certifiably crazy. If I had had walked through the 10 plagues, I think that I'd remember that for a long time. I don't know, you know, I, I think that I'd remember the blood and the water. I think I'd remember the, the pestilence. I think I'd remember the fact that the firstborn of everybody died. You know, this is just not like a once in a five, you know, five year period earthquake. I think that would stick with me for maybe 20 years. But a little ways into the wilderness, they were complaining because it wasn't going the way they thought. And it didn't just say that God said, it's all good, you know. It said that their carcasses fell in the wilderness. It wasn't a good testimony. Now, do I believe that that's the very end of the story for them? I don't. You know, Jesus says that he went down and preached to the souls in hell. Thank you that that's the kind of God we have. The Lord has come preach to my soul in hell. And thank you, Lord, that he's done that. Um, But he was not well pleased with them. 
They, they, he was not well pleased with complaining. They, they didn't, it didn't go well. If you look at David, David went out on the roof on a night that he shouldn't have gone out on the roof and everything wasn't just okay. The Lord did recover David, but everything wasn't just okay. He said, that, I'm the man. And, and Nathan said, okay, the Lord has recognized where your heart is. He turned his heart, right? That's what God's after. He immediately turned his heart, but he said, you know what? The baby is going to die. And David prayed, right? Stayed in his stomach praying for weeks. And the baby did not live. It died. And Uriah died. Real things happen. Real consequences happen from my actions. Real consequences happen when I feed on the wrong things for my soul. I want to be clear about that. Just because the Lord is moving in a more a way of liberty, it doesn't mean that I can try everything and everything's going to be fine. Does that make sense? I try to be clear with my kids about that. I said this morning, if you listen to country or rock music all day, it's going to be stuck in your head. The Lord doesn't just be like, come to dinner. Now we are. No. What I feed my soul actually really matters. These things matter to the Lord more and more. It, we don't have the same, the same rules, but they matter more and more. The Lord is, is upgrading all the time. He's wanting more from me. That is what he's after. He's after more from me. And I can just tell you that as I stood there on the dock looking, looking at Rick there and just, just incredible pain and realizing what was going to happen and everything that I didn't want to have happen and the things we're going to have to decide, I realized I'm dealing with one, with one guy here. Just like I was almost in denial for a few minutes. I was out, we were out in the boat and Justin called me and said, you know, Poppy really hurt his neck. And I thought, surely it's not that bad. You know, you just, and then you realize it is. This is, okay, Lord, this is where we're at. And I think that, um, I think that it's really important to realize that um, our heart must be steerable. Turn to Proverbs 21. <clears throat> you don't want to be like Larry the steer getting drugged through the channel. That's, that's, you can, I found myself there, but you don't want to stay there. I was thinking about Joseph while you're turning to Proverbs 21, because we don't have a lot of testimony of Joseph's complaints. I know that Joseph has some thoughts like, this is crazy. But Joseph went like, it was over and over again what took place in his life. Like, getting thrown in the pit, being sold by your brothers, real good cause for bitterness. I mean, that, <clears throat> okay, if some strangers came and attacked you is one thing, but your brother's literally conspiring to sell you. If you think about that, it's really outrageous. <clears throat> he goes into Potiphar's house and, you know, I've mentioned this before, but he, there he is. And he has no idea what's coming. He has no idea that he's going to be ruler of, we know the story, but as far as he knows, he's in Potiphar's house for the rest of his life. And he's just faithful where he's at. And it, it mentions a little line, but the Lord was with him. That's what it says. What happens after that? He literally goes, has Potiphar's wife come and Make up a story and he's off. Like, th is this deserved? This is, this is crazy for a man who is walking uprightly. Then he goes to, you know, he goes to prison. And shortly thereafter, he's in charge of the prison because he's just being faithful where he's at. Then they have a dream and he's like, hey, P.S., remember me. You know, when it looks like you're going to be getting out from what I can tell, one request, I'm here in the dungeon, remember me. And the butler goes out and forgets about him right away. I mean, you know, it just outrageous. But... Then he gets up, and then and he, we know he's brought out, and then he has an opportunity to face his brothers. And when you read through the passage of him 
of him bringing his brothers in, you can see what he's wrestling with, right? He puts the cup in Benjamin's sack. They don't even know who he's, he's just, he's like, it's almost like he's taking time to, to just process what is gonna happen here. You know what I mean? Like, he's got an opportunity to totally get the best revenge of the world. He's in charge of, you know, number two in the nation. And what happens is that he realizes that his brothers weren't the issue. That's major because they were, they were scoundrels actually. They really did things that caused him years of torture. It wasn't like they were just on the sidelines. They were involved. To go through that and realize, you know what? He, and he didn't say, you didn't mean my harm. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That is a sentence from a mature person. Whew. How did he say that? I mean, I might take a week and gloat in the fact that I've got the guys pinned in the room and just stare at him for a while. I'll be back tomorrow, you know, and think about something else we can do to you. You remember the pit? Yeah, I'm the guy. I'll be back tomorrow, you know. I'm thinking about what to do. I mean, you know, I got a lot of ideas about, you know, but none of that was okay because God was the one arranging the situation. And so he had to come to the fact to say, yeah, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And the plan for Joseph was to be a provision for the entire family of Israel. Greater than me, greater than me. Proverbs 21 says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. <clears throat> Are you really able to submit your way to the Lord? I think this gets down to everything. This gets down to the things we discussed. This gets down to work. This gets down to education. The decisions you're making as a teenager is a... I had a conversation with someone about a month ago just about the direction of their life, and I was concerned, and I was totally blessed about what had happened in their life that was a work of the Lord, where, just where they're at and where they feel they're, what they feel they're to do. And it's not about here. The Lord is, the Lord is at work. It's just... It's knowing that the Lord is in charge of your life. It's not just that I have an idea to go do something, it's that I'm not my own. I actually belong to the Lord. You personally have to come to the fact that you belong to the Lord. And I've just, I found out in my life that I, that, that is a very personal, a personal choice. Um, I'll mention one thing before, I'm gonna go to Daniel and we'll, we'll close there actually. But <clears throat> I was just thinking about, um, again about standards and I was thinking how much it really matters um, and how thankful I am for accountability because the fact of the matter is is that we're in process and there's no um, if you got three people together here to try to to try to codify those three people not just 150 those three people would have very differing ideas right they'd have very different ideas on music Movies, modesty, all the things we talk about, right? Very, you know, um, I've had a lot of discussions on modesty and it's because that's kind of the heart of what a standard of clothing would be. We ha we will get down to details, I think, but I mean, modesty is the point of everything, right? It's, and um, I've, I've been on the boat before with ladies in skirts and it's cold out and I think, man, this doesn't seem, you know, it's cold. There are some practical things that I think we'll discuss that are here. There, you know, there's things we really need to discuss. Um, 
But I think, does the Lord, has the Lord changed his view on modesty? Has he changed his view on what I feed my soul? I think that it requires more. Anytime that we come to these sorts of things, it doesn't require less, it actually requires more. It requires more to say, to have a conversation. It requires more to connect with someone, to say, I think it was Josiah to say, you know, I don't ask my kids, why are you late? I live with them. I'm just like, you shouldn't have been late. You know, it's, we're coming together. Someone made the meal. It's rude to be late, right? I don't go up to my friend and just talk to them like my kids. I don't have that same, I have, you know, friends are closer, but what's happening? You know, you've been gone for six breakfasts. Breakfast mattered to me. Let's, let's not do breakfast if it doesn't matter to all of us, but it matters when we gather. It matters who's missing. You notice people that are missing. It, I need to come out. I'm encouraged by the people that I see during the day. It, those things, they do matter. It matters that we take time to gather. If we went somewhere else and we moved, I said this morning, to some other country to, I don't know, hopefully not China, but another country, I would hope we'd get together and be like, okay, now what are we going to do? Let's, let's, get a, let's get a schedule for how to get together during the week so that the most of us can be together. This is kind of how we got to Saturday mornings. I'm glad we don't miss a service master crew every week, right? We went through some times of missing a lot of people. But the point being, the, the, the reason for whatever must come back to, Lord, where are you directing us? What is pleasing to you in these details? Uh, they've got to get down to the details, but these things do matter to the Lord. And no matter what it is, in the, in the scope of accountability, there's always going to be a yielding to each other. There's no, there's no group or family. If you take just a family where everybody sees eye to eye, we have such a variegation, variegated uh, group of opinions. And you know what I've said? I, I have been thankful for some of the people in previous, some of them maybe not even here, in elders meetings that were maybe the ones that I could not for the life of me try to figure out where they were coming from, right? Just, uh, you know, like you can, you can understand some viewpoints and you know that you're you know, off in a few places, but some that you're just like, what? You know, go home and pray about it. There's other gifts that that person has that I'm very thankful for that I don't have. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? There's, here's another way to say it. If everything here was going my way, I think I might be miserable after a little while. I think it might be, I think that the, the town might have some trouble because I think the way that I would set things up might get really stale and be a problem because as I said this morning, I'm by nature, I'm a, I'm a far right conservative. Let's keep it moderate. Let's, you know, and I've had, the Lord has had to shake me up with a lot of things like that. But I'm thankful. I don't know that I've got to celebrate all of those differences. Was that a, a Don's dad that said that? You know, learning to know that they're needed. I'm kind of working on that level. Celebrate is a big word, you know. Celebrating the differences. I mean, I know a lot of married couples that aren't celebrating the differences yet. I know that I've got a long way to go. But, you know, Megan is totally different than me in a lot of ways. You know, she puts a lot more toothbrush, toothpaste on her toothbrush. She... She likes a lot of food that touches, that is, um, you know, I just have to just turn my head. There's just a lot of things. And there is so much that I need from Megan that is totally not in Gabe Greenleaf that the Lord reveals to me, sometimes in secret, sometimes by Megan speaking to me in very plain words, that I need to get, you know. There is, we're just different. You know, when Megan was gone, I, I, I barely made those two weeks. But, you know, like, I... 
those sheets in my bed, they got folded back just on her half, and I slid in my bed, and they came right back to that half the bed for 14 days. You know, it's just, it's just different things. There's, and Megan is much more creative than me, and I'm really thankful for that, you know? I, I'm thankful that she's not the same. I'd be, what I'm saying is I think that I'd be in real trouble if I'd found someone like me to be with. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, I need a lot of help. My kids know I need a lot of help, yeah. Um, but you know who speaks the truth into my life more than anybody directly is my wife. And I usually need to hear it just like that. It's not packaged all the time, you know. I don't package it all the time. But we're covenanted and committed. And that's the person that's speaking into my soul that sees the issues of my heart more than anybody else. And thank God that she speaks into my soul. That's my point. Thank God for the people that speak into our soul. And I appreciate those things that have been said. I said the other morning in a meeting, I was convicted for some times when I have backed off maybe from speaking into your soul because maybe I've said something a couple times and I've got kind of the porcupine, you know. I walked away with a few quills and I'm like, you know, once burnt, twice shy. I'm like, okay, won't do that again. Is that okay? Actually, no, it's not okay. I think we have to invite, you know, and, and it's not, I appreciate that there's more bridge than there used to be. You know, we don't just, I remember in school, you just stop the whole school and talk about something right then, which was great. We don't quite do that. We stop the class. But the point is that the Lord cares about me enough to, to give me someone that's speaking into my life, to reveal to me where I'm off, that I just don't even see, you know, that is just different. I met Megan in Bowen's Mill in 98, and I realized, man, this girl is down here. She's got two college offers. Her dad was making a ton of money, great vehicles, you know, and she was coming to Whitestone. Had nothing to do with me, and I, you know, I was off to England just to think about it for nine months, you know. Um, but I realized, man, this, there were some things from a girl, didn't grow up here, something that the Lord is doing in this person's life. She is dead serious about where she feels the Lord is taking her. You know, I was, I could have, actually, I was offered the backseat of her car when we went to uh, Shoney's. I'll forgive her for that someday, but, but I didn't know that I was so harmful, but I was sent to the backseat. Anyway, <clears throat> not bitter about that at all, but the Lord is, the Lord is faithful to bring us the, the things that we need. The Lord is faithful to bring us the people that we need. Maybe you've moved into a household with someone that you thought you would never get along with, and you realize a few years down the road that... That person has really been what you needed in, in your household. I, we're, we're in a very unique environment here, you know? Maybe at work you found out that the person that you didn't get along with becomes your salvation. This is how God works, you know? I mean, I've, I've picked on Mark a lot, but I wouldn't have known a few years ago that Mark could walk through this. And he is. And he's, he's getting a hold of the hand of God in a way that he hadn't before. I would have scheduled something different, but this is what God does. You know, I would have scheduled something different for some of the kids that are walking through things that are really, they're in pain for most of the day. I would schedule something different. Why is God doing that? He's taking us in a way that we would not, so that we know faster than we used to, Lord, I'm, I'm stretching out my hands, okay? I don't want to be drugged by the halter. That's okay for a bit. I'm stretching out my hand to say, you know, right now, as I kind of feel about what we're talking about with standards and everything, I don't really know the way to take. I'm stretching out my hand and I'm ready for another to lead me because I know that I don't know what I'm to do. I want to look at Daniel before closing. <clears throat> we are 
we are each other's keepers, and I hope that we're thankful for that, and I, and I appreciate when we speak up. As, as I said this morning, just to add some humor, we, we, were, <clears throat> we were watching out for each other on the beach. We were keeping Justin. I don't know if, I think he was on boats, but I said this morning that we were watching out for the NVWs, which were the non-virtuous women that were on the beach <clears throat> that, did, that weren't aware of the dress code. And so we just, we just had a little code of NVW. We just shout that out, you know. NVW to the west, look to the east. Just got to keep it, just got to keep it practical. Got to be real. The Lord is, you want to be on watch all the time for your brother or your sister. They did a good job watching out for each other. <clears throat> Daniel... <clears throat> And we actually had a production about Daniel. This came to me this morning at like 5.30 and I was thinking about the production. But I was thinking about the fact that the Lord, he never does the same thing. Um, and the lion's den was what was, on, what was ordered. You know, that's on the menu for Daniel, the lion's den, right? Joseph had the pit and the dungeon and everything. And, you know, Peter, you know, died on a cross upside down at the end of his life. That was how he, that was how all the disciples, if you look at, have you read how the disciples ended their life? Every one of them, but one of them, as far as they can tell in the record, you know, were martyred at the end of their life. Given to the work of the Lord. Amazing. That's the disciples. That's the end of the story. You know, it's incredible. John dipped in boiling oil. As a kid, I used to think about that. And I won't go into the details of what I considered, but I mean, just... God doesn't deal gently with the people he cares about. These are real people that went through these crazy things. That, that, and God cared about them a great deal. But Daniel, like Daniel goes through four kings and he keeps coming back up. It's amazing. You know, it just, he keeps coming back up. It's just, and he goes in and he speaks the truth to the top. Like, you look at what he says to Belshazzar, you know, it's not like, you know, here's a, here's a fortune cookie. Let me read this one for you. It's like, you have been found wanting and your days are numbered, you know? And you got a few hours. And you ever see what Belshazzar, it's like, I wonder if he was even listening. He's like, put a robe and a you know, necklace on him, you know? And crown him as the, as the number second man in the kingdom, you know? What did he say was going to happen tonight? Oh yeah, that's me, you know? <laughs> Just as, you know, the Medes come in and run him over, you know? Exactly what he says happened. But here's Daniel, and he's sent to the lion's den. And what I want to say is that Daniel, the Lord did not save Daniel from the lion's den. You would have kind of considered for a guy that has already been through the things that he's been walking through, that maybe he got to the lion's den, you know, and the angel comes down and the lions are dead. No, nope, he actually went down into the lion's den. I just want to say we have a practical God that actually walks us through things that are, you know, require our trust in him. Require us to trust that he actually knows where he's taking us. And all that I can say about Daniel at this point is that he somehow knew. He had come to a point of all that he'd been through with the Lord to know this is not looking good. Tonight could be the last night. Maybe I'm going to go with a broken neck. Maybe I'm going to be eating fast, whatever. But I know that I have a God that cares about me and has my good in mind. This is the God that he had. And so you find that he came through the lion's den. And um, I just want to read a passage of this because <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't even need to read it. You know the story. But I want, to, I want to say this, kind of interesting. There was, a, there was a prophet. His name was actually Daniel as well. Ababa Dinreen from Africa. This is a prophet just about four years ago. 
that thought that he was called to do what Daniel did in the lion's den. <clears throat> and, um, you know, you want to make sure what God was directing, but I'll just read a little bit about this. Anyway, this is a prophet that had performed a lot of miracles. And um, anyway, by 1991, he had performed so many miracles, he decided to replicate the Bible story of Daniel, who was thrown into the lion's den, but survived because of the powers that bestowed upon him by God. I would never be found being this daring. But So Prophet Daniel Abadrin decided to perform his daring miracle at the zoological garden of the University of Abadadan. And on that fateful day, people from within and without at the zoo were gathered to see the armies. And he decided to put the word of God to test. So with a Bible under his arm, dressed in red clothes, he sneaked into the cage that was filled with lions to showcase the power of God. Anyway, he had people persuading him to not to. But... Uh, he walked into the lion's den speaking in tongues, and he did not come out like Daniel. That was the end of that Daniel, um, which is just a crazy story. But uh, looking back at the way that God does things and the way that he's doing them now, I just don't know what's coming. That's my point in this, is I don't know what's coming. I don't know the way in which the Lord is going to lead me. The only thing that I do know is that the Lord has my good in mind. And if I can trust that he's faithful, it doesn't matter what I'm going to be taken through. I have a God who cares about me and cares about growing me up so much that I have to say, Lord, I'm going to stretch out my hand today. I'm going to encourage my neighbor, my friend, the, the brother that I'm the keeper of. I'm going to encourage that guy to continue to stretch out your hand again today. Maybe this week is a week of the unknown and things don't seem resolved and things, things aren't right. There are things that aren't right that we need to, there are things that have happened that aren't right that we're going to talk through, right? It's not like everything is all good. But Lord, I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the things to speak and I'm going to trust that you're going to put things in order and I'm going to trust that the situations, the broken necks, the whatever the physical things, the mental things that you're putting me through, I'm going to trust that you care for me because you've proven to this point in my life, in my personal life, the Lord has proven to me that the toughest times of my life were the times of growth. They were the times that I needed the most. And I don't want to look back like the Israel and finally come to a place where I'm like, you know what? I think that the leeks and the garlics, I think that my idea of a golden calf, I think that I'm done doing this is a lot better idea than wandering around right here right now. No, I'm going to say, okay, Lord, maybe I can be like David and say, wow, you just told me that I just murdered somebody and I committed adultery. You know what? That's right. And you know what? I want to take the opportunity right now to say, I'm going to put my heart back in your hands because I don't have anywhere else to turn. When you look at the end of what David's life was at, he counted the people and he wasn't supposed to count the people. That was not a good idea. And so Gad comes to him and he says, you know what, David, it has not been a good day. You somehow thought that because of where the Lord has put you, you were strong enough to count and number the people and kind of get a grip on how strong you were. And Dave, that was a bad idea. And so, you know what, you got three choices. And have you read those options that he's given? None of them are good. They're like, was there a fourth choice? No, these are the choices. But you know what David did say? He said, I've got, I know one thing. I want to fall into the hands of God. Don't, don't let me fall in the hands of my enemy. 
all fall in the hands of God. And people really died and people, but David knew at the end of his life that he was dealing with a God who was going to be merciful to him. And that was his choice. I want to be found as one that understands that I must entrust the direction of my life. The things that I want to avoid, the, the things that don't seem right that have to be worked through, that we do have to speak to, the things that have not been handled right, I want to entrust myself to a father that knows just what I need. And I want to find myself able to look forward and to say, Lord, tomorrow, I'm going to put my heart back in your hands, okay? I'm not going to hold it in my hands and try to direct this. I want to put my heart, you know when you're putting your heart in the hand of God or when you're holding on to it and you really are fighting what's happening. I've been there, you know, days ago, this morning. Lord, my heart is in your hands. I don't like this at all, but I'm going to trust that you have my good in mind. Amen. Thank you. A strange scripture uh, is where it says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And we, we have to believe that it still pleases the Lord to do whatever he does to any of us. And, you know, I had a phone call years ago and we were on the phone and and someone that just, they're, they're just screaming about the people who were burning in, uh, in Auschwitz and the smoke, you know, and I, uh, on the phone, I mean, I, I'm, I've been very touched looking at the, uh, some of that stuff. And it kind of, you kind of cramp. I don't, I didn't have an answer. And I didn't give one, but I know that from, from the dust, from the smoke of anything, that God does, that, that is good, it is for us. And, you know, you look at it and you say, well, it pleased the Lord to, to bruise him? I mean, it sounds, you know, uh, sadistic, you know, to, but, but when you understand that God knew, he knew that he would endure, he knew, how far he would go, he knew some of the substance. And I, I, if you, if you want to, you have to know, and I have to know, what we've heard in regard to, it's going to continue. The hand of God to deal with us is, it doesn't get lighter, it gets harder. And, and he called you for his reasons and, and one of the things that's to me is very sad, when, when people begin to be front runners, they're out. They're, they're giving themselves and the, and the depth of what they are being dealt with. Uh, they, the devil comes along and says, God left you, you're finished. And, and, and that is one of the filthiest lies but believe me, you will have to see that. And, and, and if you can write this, this is something to write down, it's not deep. This is not about what we do, what we don't do. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about a relationship with a God who is in 
of finishing work and he's, he won't give you any more than you can take. That, that kind of sounds okay, but when you're in the middle of it, you say, I can't take this anymore. Now, I, and this will help you to go to, to, uh, to Job 8. I'm not gonna read, I'll just read a little section of it and we're closed. This has been good. And, and, and the things that are said about the questions. And I, I think in some ways it's just, except for the children and maybe new people coming, the idea that we would, that there would be even polarization or anything that would bother anybody. Because your, your major job and my major job is to take care of me. Okay? And some of you are gonna have to go it alone and you'll feel like you'll be absolutely alone. The world is, is emptying out. This is a time, uh, I think, in this decade that has never been seen in some ways. None of us have ever seen it. That doesn't mean it's over. Who knows where it's going? But listen to, to Job and, and what he said. And he, I'm just jumping in the middle of Job uh, 7. But read the whole thing sometime and think about it. When I say my, he's upset, when I say my bed shall comfort me, I, 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 for me, that's the tub. If I'm really depressed, I, it's bathing. You know, the hottest water I can handle. When I say my bed shall comfort me, my cow shall ease my complaint. Then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions. Somebody says, gee, I had a bad dream. So that my soul chooses strangling and death rather than my life. I loathe it. I would not live, I don't want to live always. Let me alone. He's saying that to God. He's talking to the, this is, this is the clay talking to the potter. I don't want any more. Leave me alone. And, and all of us will, if we haven't already, said that. Uh, I can't take this, I don't need this, uh, I've had enough. And, and I, when I think of some of the things that we've even heard expressed here, the, the transition from that loving feeling to the depth of responsibility and saying, God, <laughs> without you, I'm a disaster. But he goes on, what is man? You, you can say that to you. So what am I that thou should magnify him? and that thou should set thy heart upon him, that thou should visit him every morning and try him every moment. You know, I, I, I told you this once, and, but in the early days, people came up and they say, uh, you guys, the elders need to talk about this. We, we need free time. And, and, and it sounded sensible, you know. We need free time. And talk about a vacation, there's no such thing, really. There's, there's, there's a pause, a semicolon here and there. But folks, you're not just anybody. You really, really aren't. You're sons with the hand of God bringing you to completion. You're gonna be filled one day to all 
the fullness of God. And, and it pleases God to bruise you, to bruise you. Because you'll get up, you'll walk. There's, for you, you've already been, many of you, through hell and there'll be more. But you will triumph over this because if you, <laughs> those in Christ always triumph. It's always. So you can run, you can go left and right, but God knows where you are and he'll find you because he's a good father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've waited for us. You could have cut us off. We have swum in the slime pit of our own desires. We've waited through hell. We've been double-minded in everything. Our thoughts have wandered. We, we have, it's been the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and, and the pride of who we are. And great one, your heart, your spirit, melts us, touches us, and draws us near like the children that we are. Go with us this night. Uh, those that, that really can't uh, trust, those who really uh, can't forgive even themselves, great God, help them, help all of us, because we're yours, and you, you love us with a love that is everlasting. It won't stop. And help us to understand that our repentance should be that, that when we mess up, we mess up by not staying under you. And we, we're, we're not going to clean up some of these things. These things, great one, you have promised they're forgiven. We're done with it. We're walking fully sourced to finish it by your power. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.